Hey guys, we begin to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube, anywhere else you can get your podcast. Uh, we're thankful you guys are here and that you guys have found us and you're with us today. All right, so I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I had no idea what we were gonna do today. Okay, I'm just being completely transparent. I had no idea what we were gonna do today. So as we kind of go through this podcast today, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how short it's going to be. It's again, it's just going to be another one of those where I kind of have some thoughts here. Uh, I have a couple things I want to look at. And I hope that as we kind of try to draw this out from scripture, uh, that it can kind of give you some encouragement and help as you walk with the Lord this week. Okay. So here's where we're going to go with our topic. Um, I think we're going to do something like this. We'll do, we'll do this topic. God sent me before you. God sent me before you. So what does that even mean? Like what 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 context is that? So if you have siblings, right? I'm the oldest of my siblings, right? And so if you have siblings, right? Two younger brothers, um younger brother, younger sister, whatever the dynamic is, you understand what it's like to be the first, right? To be the oldest. And so here's the great thing about that. The great thing is you're first, right? So you can always have that, right? Yeah, I'm first. But the bad thing about it is, is as you grow with your siblings, your siblings use your life as a gauge. And what I mean by that is they see what you did or they hear stories about what you did or they hear it <laughs> or they literally hear it when you're getting punished. And then they can look at you and they say, well, I don't want to do that. Nah, I don't want to go through that. We'll just let we'll just let Jordan suffer. But but I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through the same thing. And so as you look at that dynamic between uh between family, right? Between what your little brothers and little sisters they can do, they can see your suffering. They can see how it affected you. They can see how they don't want to feel what you felt or went through what you went through. So now, just because you were first, you have the you have the privilege to go before them just because of rank because you were first and so when i kind of thought about that on the drive up here today and as i was kind of writing some stuff on the whiteboard you really think about that spiritually at times and it's great that sometimes you know it's kind of a cool correlation to where in christ what are we called brothers and sisters in christ and so sometimes you don't necessarily have to be first in rank of birth to go before somebody. Sometimes you may go first in other things and suffering and hard times and difficult times. And those that are even older than you are, those who are extremely younger than you are, you may go before them in some things. And so as we look at this, I want to look at um, and, and if you guys have listened to the podcast, you guys already know Joseph is Joseph's my my guy. He's I love Joseph going through the text there in Genesis. But I want to look at a phrase uh, that Joseph said in Genesis chapter 45. And this is kind of where the springboard for this topic came from. Genesis 45. And I want you to look at verse five. This is this is interesting. This is kind of cool. So Joseph says this. Therefore, don't be grieved. Or don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. 
that's where our topic's coming from. God sent me before you. So as we kind of think about this and get getting ready to meditate on this and kind of walk through this idea and this conversation with you, I want you to think about that for you. It's very possible as you are, you know, in the gym or walking or just listen to this podcast, it's very possible that you are going before someone to help somebody so that they don't have to go through it. I remember, I think it was last year, uh, before we kind of really hop into this, I remember last year, probably early last year, we did a podcast. It's pretty, it's one of the top ones still. And it was the Lord gave you this mountain. And there was a point in that podcast where you may have to climb this mountain with, with the Lord. Obviously, we know that. You may have to climb this mountain on your own so that others it won't be as rough. It'll be smoother. It'll be easier for them. So as we think about this topic, God sent me before you. Here's a couple ideas and a couple concepts that I want you to think about as we go through this. Here's the first one that I'm seeing. Just literally just from this one verse in, in Genesis chapter 45, uh, verse 5. God sent me before you. You may have to suffer to make things simple for others. You may have to suffer to make things simple for others. Now, you can think about that and you can you can automatically go uh, to the point in your mind where, well, that's kind of unfair. You know, why, why do I have to go through this or why do others have to go through this so others won't have to? And, you know, sometimes we can hold it just in life in general with suffering, but also spiritually we can hold levels of resentment towards God and towards people because, well, they didn't have to deal with what I'm dealing with. It seems simpler for them. They didn't have to, they didn't have to go through these hoops to get this. They just went straight through. So you can learn, you can start to resent God, but then unfortunately, like that family example, physically and spiritually, you can start to resent your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about Luke 15. Luke 15, think about what the older brother did. The older brother resented his brother. When he came back, because he should have been rejoicing. So the same conversation can happen with us. So think about Joseph for a minute. You might have to suffer to make things simple. So look at the look at his mindset now in Genesis chapter 45. Look at the words. Again, you can't miss small, small words in Scripture. It's very easy to glaze over stuff. And because you heard it before, you heard it a thousand times, you already know it. Go back and just look at these words again. So look at what he tells his brothers again in verse 5. Don't be grieved. Don't be angry at yourselves that you sold me here. So think about the mindset that Joseph is having with his brothers. He understands the Lord wanted me to suffer. The Lord wanted me to go through this, not only to help this nation, but he was still thinking about you guys. So the Lord wanted me to suffer so that Things can be simpler for you. Now, let's think about that for a minute in terms of resentment. Think about how Joseph could have twisted this entire situation. Joseph could have said, you know what? I had to go through all this, but then you just come here and all you're doing is asking for grain. So here's what's so great about, about having the right mindset when we suffer. When we have the right mindset when we suffer, it doesn't, it's not made about you anymore. Suffering is actually giving others more opportunity. I don't want you to miss that. A lot of times with suffering, we internalize it 
And then we try to reason within ourselves of why was I chosen to go through this? Or because of your choices, then you just get mad at yourself. Then you get mad at God and you're grieved within yourself like Joseph told his brothers not to do in verse 5. Either way, we can find ourselves in a pit, can't we? <laughs> Literally, like Joseph, we can find ourselves in a pit. So now when we think about this idea, suffering and make things simpler, sometimes somebody has to go through something to give others opportunity. Think about Jesus. You know, remember in Luke chapter 3, I want you to look at this. This was prophesied in Isaiah, but I want you to look at what uh, what John mentioned here. Um, Luke chapter 3 I believe it's verse number four, if I'm not mistaken here. I want you to see this. Uh, let's see. Um, yes. So Luke chapter three, there it is, verse four. Look at what look at what uh, John says. So remember, John's preaching repentance. Now keep keep this thought process in mind. You have to suffer to make things simple. So watch what he says, verse four. As it's written in the word of Isaiah the prophet, there's our reference saying the voice of one that cries out. But here's where we kind of glaze over all the time. The voice of one, again, that's singular, he cries. So what is crying associated with? Crying is always associated with suffering. Now, there can be tears of joy. We understand that. But in, in the broad term of things, crying is always associated with suffering. And what it what did Isaiah the prophet say about Christ in Isaiah chapter 53? He was a man full of sorrows, acquainted with grief, acquainted with crying. So you have the voice of one person, not 12. You don't have a group with you. You don't have people supporting you at times. It's just you. There's nobody else there. And that can seem pretty unfair, can't it? Man, you kind of look at how things are and you you want God to help and you work and you and you try to have the right attitude and the right perspective on things, but ultimately you're not dumb. And so ultimately you understand, man, I really got to do this solo. You really have to suffer. And all of us and in a lot of different circumstances have felt like that. Maybe you're feeling that right now as you listen to the podcast as we're kind of walking through it. But here's what's just, it's another facet of Jesus that just continues to blow my mind when you think about it from this perspective of suffering. Is that's why Jesus is the perfect mediator. And this is why 2 Corinthians chapter 1, this is why he understands. Because I know what it feels like to be the one in the wilderness crying. I know it. And as as we kind of give some quick kind of application for you, as you, God sent me before you, right now, you might not know the reason for it. And to be quite honest with you, it's almost, at least what I'm learning, it's almost a waste of time to look back at things or to look forward to things or to look presently at things and to try to reason within yourself of why these things culminated in the past, why things are culminating now, and how they're going to culminate themselves in the future. And that's almost a waste to, to, to spend time thinking about those things. But Jesus said, I know what it's like to be the one, nobody else. 
I have I have my father just like you. You just have you just have the father. I know what it's like to be the one and I also know what it's like to be the one crying all the time. You know, you can find yourself in a state where you're the one and you're always in some type of tears. Now, you can it's very easy when you're around people, when you're in a group to to kind of hold it together and which I get it. I understand that. But to be the one crying, Jesus says, I understand that. So now let's look at his location. Let's go back to the verse. As it's written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying the voice of one crying. And where's the crying being held at? In the wilderness. What's wilderness associated with? No growth, no water, barren. So your location may be the exact same thing as the wilderness. The voice of the one in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked will be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Here's the love that Jesus had for you. And it, we get a picture of it through Joseph and his account in Joseph and uh, in, in Genesis chapter 45. Jesus was the one for you as Joseph was the one for his brothers. Jesus suffered. So when it was your turn to come to Egypt, it was simpler for you. You didn't have to go through what Jesus had to go through. Joseph's brothers didn't have to go through what Joseph went through. But when it was time for them to meet and connect together again, Joseph, because of how he suffered, he made it simple for others. Here's what's really cool, and here's a, here's a cool perspective to look at things in your suffering. And so I want you to just try it, just kind of like a little exercise. I want you to think about sometimes your the things in your mind, and you know what those are, the things in your mind when you pray or when you're in the car or you know, what, you're, what you're working off in the gym, those things that fuel you, right, those things that you can just think about it and it instantly kind of gives you a certain level of fire to make you go for that next degree or that next rep or that next day, whatever it is. I want you to think about that. And when you think about that, a lot of times what you can do with it is you internalize it. And then when you internalize it, then you only think about yourself. But I want you to take those things that give you that fuel and that fire. And just for a second, I want you to think about how the Lord can use you to give somebody else more opportunity. Now, when you first do it, that's hard, isn't it? It was probably hard for you to think about that just now. Because, man, I'm not trying to think about anybody else right now. I'm not trying to think about me going through something so others, it can be easier for them. I'm not trying to think about that. I'm trying to fix it for me first. Then maybe we'll consider them. See, now you see where the mindset is. But look at what John said that he was doing for Christ and preaching, but what Christ is ultimately going to do for us. Everything that's broken down, he's going to make it so much simpler for us to come to him. And that's why Joseph in Genesis 45, being a image of what Christ was going to be, don't be grieved and don't hurt yourselves. 
God wanted this. You know, Jesus says the same thing as Joseph. Don't be grieved. Don't hurt within yourselves. This was God's plan. He wanted me to suffer on the cross and make the ways uh, straight for you again. He wanted that. So with you, as you walk with God this week, next week, this year, as you walk with God, God's going to send you, no matter what your age is and where you are currently, God's going to send you before some people so that other people's paths can be easier. And guess what? Those people may be, might be your kids. Those people might be the youth at the congregation. Those, those people might be someone exactly where you were in the same location you were in years ago. You might have to go before, and you might be the one to suffer and to go through all that stuff alone so that someone else won't have to. And here's what here's the mindset that I'm trying to work towards is I'm not going to look at that and see that as a pity party anymore. I want to look at that and see that as a privilege. The Lord gave me the privilege to suffer, to be brought low, to, you know, for things to happen so that I can be an aid and a help to someone else. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. And so that's the way that Jesus and Joseph took this. So God sent me before he sent you. So maybe someone isn't where you are yet because just like Joseph, he had to finish with me first. Now the path is ready for you. And I'm just going to be honest before we kind of go into our next thought here. It has been one of the coolest feelings. And I literally just had a conversation yesterday about the same thing with somebody. And it's almost like if you didn't go through this, I, you couldn't have helped me. That's that's the most incredible conversation that you can have with somebody. It's amazing. Now, it doesn't mean that you would want to go back and repeat things or you would want things to happen. It, it, it's, I'm not saying that, but I am saying it's it's a beautiful thing to use to use your hurt, to use your suffering to help somebody else. It really is amazing. And that's exactly what 2 Corinthians 1 gives us. Same context. Okay. So God sent me before you. So sometimes you may have to suffer to make things simple for others. Here's the second one I'm seeing from, from Genesis 45. Sometimes you may have to be exiled so that you can empathize. Now, I think here's here's the difference, I think. I think we have a lot of people who can understand what you're going through, but I don't think a lot of people have the skill of empathizing what you're going through. I, I, I promise I would give them credit if I knew where this came from, whatever book it was or whatever video it was or whatever maybe sermon it was. And I apologize because I, I forgot where the um, reference was. But I heard a minister, preacher, whoever whoever it was, book say this. I used to think that service, being a being a Christian brother, or being a minister was about having answers, that it was about solving problems, which in, in some ways with scripture it is. 
But he said, the more and more you grow in your humility, Matthew chapter five, verse three, the more you grow in your humility, you understand that being a servant of God, being a Christian and being a minister is about suffering because without suffering, you can understand, but you won't know how to empathize. So when you suffer to the level that maybe you are currently or maybe that you have in the past, your suffering is what the Lord is going to help use to empathize with others. You think about you think about what Jesus always had. Jesus could look out to a crowd when, when he's feeding the 5,000, when, when he sees people hurting. What's the first thing sometimes that the text always says Jesus had? Jesus had compassion. Why do, you, why do you think Jesus had compassion on people that didn't have any food? Because what did he say about himself? So, so the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I know what it's like to go long places and maybe not have enough. So now you think about being exiled from Joseph's perspective in Genesis 45. Joseph was completely exiled from his family he was completely exiled, even from those that he found himself with in Egypt. And at times with you, you're going to have to know what it feels like. Unfortunately, I don't want to say that. I want to say, unfortunately, you're going to have to know what it feels like to be exiled in some way. Maybe sometimes a friendship has to break down. Maybe sometimes things won't be as close or as tight as they used to be. Maybe sometimes you just going to you have to go. And maybe when, when that happens, you won't understand. It won't make sense. Sometimes it'll look really unfair. And maybe it is unfair in your eyes. And sometimes it, it won't be, it won't make sense, to be honest with you. Sometimes it won't make sense. But what that does for you, which you have no idea until you really start looking at things a little bit differently, what that does for you is it gives you the ability to empathize. And empathy cannot come in your life without suffering. You have to learn how to empathize through the avenue of suffering. So no wonder Paul and Peter and those in the New Testament take joy when you suffer. Why? Because this gives you the heart of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. Now, do we invite that and do we do we want that or are we having a party when suffering happens? That's not the case. But here's what we mean. As we're going through this and as we're and as we're getting better and as we're trying to be more like Christ. You start to see that suffering and all these other things that we internalize, it's really not about you. It's about you having and instilling the heart of God within you so that you can help somebody else. Again, I know I know we reference this, but I just want you to read this for yourself just so you can have your eyes on it and you can go back and look for yourself. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Bless be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Here's the thing. Why do you think God, the Father of mercies, why do you think he can be the God of all comfort? Because God knows from Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, God knows what it feels like to call something 
that he handcrafted, that he loved, called it very good. He knows what it feels like for that creation to turn on him and to run from him and to want nothing to do with him. And then for things to get worse and worse and worse. He knows what it's like all throughout the prophets, the major and the minor prophets. He knows what it's like when he personifies his marriage to Israel. But Israel, all they keep doing as much as God keeps giving and pouring out his heart to her, he knows what it feels like for her to keep going off to other people that look good in the moment. And then he knows what it feels like through the prophets to keep pleading, I want my wife back. I want y'all back. But for some reason, you keep saying you don't want me back. Why do you think God can be the God of all comfort? Because that's his nature, number one. But then, two, because of our actions towards him, he knows what it's like. The God of all comfort, verse 4, who because he knows what that's like, even without us, that's his nature. But with us, we've, we've made him feel that way. So now, guess what he can do, verse 4? When that happens to you on a small scale, and I'm not trying to diminish how that may have hurt you or whatever has hurt you. I'm not trying to diminish that. But on a smaller sample size, who can comfort you? And notice what the text says, a small word, in all of your tribulation, so that we can comfort those that are in another small word, any trouble. <laughs> that's all. That's beautiful. By the comfort wherewith we were comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, for our consolation also abounds in Christ. And what was Christ? Exiled. On the cross, no one's there. You see, you see the correlations between Christ and the the imagery of the Old Testament to what it's going to become. It's an amazing thing when you look at suffering in a different way. And again, this is not, hey, I'm happy to be suffering. It's another. It's a piece that passes all understanding because you know this is working for something. So God sent me before he sent you. And so some of us, and probably all of us at, at some point, and if it hasn't happened, it's probably coming. At some of us, or some of us, you're going to have to go before. You're going to have to go before sometimes. And when you go before, you might have lashes, you might have hurts, you might have pains, you might have nights, you might have days, and you might have years that your closest friends will never touch. And on their end, they may have the exact same things that you might never touch. But instead of comparing, well, I suffered worse than you did. No, I suffered worse than you did. Instead of us comparing our suffering, let's use it to, number one, get closer to God, but then two, help each other. And then help those that are actually suffering rather than us comparing whose suffering was the worst at this time or whose suffering's worse now. You see, that doesn't profit anything. God sent me before you. 
Here's here's a, the third one that I'm seeing from Genesis 45. God sent me before you. It's very possible, just like Joseph, you may have to be broken so that you can be a blessing to others. Look look back at this really quick as we kind of close out our, our thoughts and ideas here. Um, Okay, so look at what he says again, verse 5. <coughs> um, now, therefore, don't be grieved or don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. For God did send me before you. But then look at the small phrase at the end of five. He sent me before you to do what? To preserve life. So with, with your suffering, and think about what Christ did. Christ was broken. His body was broken. Why was his body broken? So that he could preserve life for you so that you can have the opportunity to get to know him, so that you can get the opportunity to be a part of his church that he established, Matthew chapter 16. So now when you think about this, notice verse 7. Actually, let's look at 6. For these two years has the famine been in the land, yet there are five years in which there will never be earring or, or harvest. God sent me, there it is again, God sent me before you to preserve life and to give you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. This is just a thought, and I just want you to think about this with me. And and like I tell people sometimes when I have a thought, maybe somebody will call or I'll call somebody or I'll text somebody or I'll have a conversation. And before I say this, I always tell people, hey, just chew on this. I'm not saying that I'm going to teach it but or whatever this is, but hey, just kind of chew on this for a little bit. Let me know what you think. And I want you to chew on this. We always say we want our personal lives to be better or we want the lives of others to be better or, you know, we wish that we can be this for our family and this for other people, right, which are, which are noble, noble, noble things to do. But look at what Joseph said. In order to preserve life and give you a posterity in the earth and to save your life, I had to be broken for you. You know, it's very possible that in your personal dynamic, in your individual dynamic, in your family dynamic, you might be different. You know, you might be the one that has to be broken so that you can be the key and you can be the door to save your family, to save your wife, to save your fiance, to save your brothers, to save your, to save your sisters, to save whoever. You might be that one. But what is the one thing that none of us want to go through to get that? We really don't want to be broken. So is it very possible that we have to be broken in order to be the blessing to others. Look at verse 8. So look at how Joseph closes this out. <laughs> so what did he say in verse 5? He said, you sold me here, right? Don't be angry that you sold me here. So he put it on them, right? Don't be angry that you did this, that you sold me here. But now look at how he closes the conversation, and this shows his growth and suffering. Verse 8. So now. It was not you. 
that sent me here. But it was God. And he's made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So now his mindset, it wasn't you. It was God. Now, this is another level. Okay, so this is I'm not here and maybe you're not here, but we're trying to get here. This this has to change your mind. Okay, this is another level. You can spend your entire life blaming other people for why you are where you are or why you feel the way you feel or why you don't have the things that you want or how things aren't working out, how you pictured and dreamed or whatever. You can always point the finger. But notice what Joseph did. Joseph, in his humility, did his brothers physically do that bad action to him? Yes, that doesn't erase that from history. His brothers physically did that. But he knew that behind that, in his humility, he said, I needed that. It's a really cool point in your lives, guys, as you grow, that some things that you went through, I don't want it. I didn't want it. But in God's infinite, amazing mercy, love, foreknowledge, he knew I needed that. He knew it. And what you're going to do, you're going to sit like Joseph and you're going to say, I thank God for it. I thank God for it. So God sent me before you. This is one of the coolest concepts. And again, I, to be honest, guys, I mean, I don't even know if I've even touched the tip of the surface. This is just the idea and some things for you to meditate on and chew on and study on and look at these verses again and walk through that text again from Genesis chapter 45 verses 5 through 8. I mean, it gets deeper than that, but we just had, what, three verses? So, I mean, just it's saturated with this stuff. But as we look at this and as we try to grow and as we try to get better, the more we grow with God, our perspective on things change. We change. Our, our demeanor changes. Our ego and pride changes. And it should flip and it should reset to a mindset of, of humility. And Joseph, Joseph got it. And I want to get it. And I know you want to get it. So as we kind of talk about this topic, maybe, you know, maybe you need help. Maybe you need some encouragement. Reach out. We've had people reach out. I promise you, you won't be the first, right? We want to do this together. We want to journey together. Um, and we just want to help each other grow. And, you know, that's why we're here. So if you're in the area, we want to see you. You know, we, we really want to see you here. We'd love to talk to you. Um, again, if you're, you know, out there, you know, DM, whatever it is, we'll have a conversation. So appreciate you guys. Um, love you guys. Um, Lord willing, we should be back. It'll be May. Sweet. All right. So we should be back with another one um, on Monday, Lord willing. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys.